0: Welcome, this talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So, so listening to a Dharma talk this week that I really enjoyed uh, made me think a little about the trajectory of of my practice or of practice and so the topic today is trust your heart trust your heart it's a good one as we enter into holidays and maybe seeing more family or not seeing family traveling or not traveling um, being with loved ones and not being with loved ones This is a good moment to pause and enter into the space of the heart where, um, you know, it's just a a center in the body where we can find refuge and find um, some honey, some love, some loving kindness that can sustain us and help us. Uh, be of service to others around us. It's a beautiful space to contemplate and dwell in. So one of the things that Mark said in his talk uh, that, that I found very helpful is, he says, you know, you start as a meditator or a mindfulness practitioner and you're really trying to arrive in the present moment and be in the present moment, notice what's happening you know, what's in your body, your emotion, your mind, uh, is your communication mindful and kind or skillful, and we try to do this uh, moment by moment in a continuous kind of way, cultivate this aware presence, and uh, he asked, well, you know, can we really do this? and a lot of the time when you ask yourself honestly and you're practicing the answer is no not really right (laughs) you can do it here and there and here and some days are better than others but uh it's really a challenge to be aware moment by moment i think uh i remember one teacher saying if you aim for 20 (laughs) percent the time could be 10 who knows So what happens though, as he points out, is we get a very idealized view of the meditator and of the practitioner. We idealize it and then we fall short and we devalue our effort. And we begin to lose trust in our practice, our capacity to practice and in ourselves. So when we cultivate this idolized view of how a mindfulness practitioner could be, we set ourselves up for um, feeling a sense of failure or deficiency. So uh, his point is, um, very often we also dwell in a betrayal of where we place our heart. Like it's easy for the mind to go to, I thought that person was a good person and I trusted them and then they did something that hurt me. Right. And so we'll review that or even mildly like, um, why did I eat that? That was not a good thing to eat. Or, you, you know, we remind ourselves that we didn't live up to our expectation to exercise or get a task done or pay a bill. And when we're cultivating those thoughts on a regular basis, we're losing trust in our being. In ourself, and then we cultivate it, that becomes an identity. I'm not trustworthy for myself. Okay. So, we really want to pause at that and be able to turn the mind towards faith and trust in our practice and in our capacity um, to dwell in the heart and practice from the heart and to build some confidence in it because. If I went around the room and I asked you each if you did something generous in the last month or kind and loving in the last month or you behaved skillfully or you went out of your way to help someone or um, you let go of some egoic need in order to serve others, every one of you would tell me a time when you did that, and you probably had more than one. But we don't hold on to those necessarily. We don't dwell on that. We don't cultivate our goodness. We tend to cultivate where we slipped up. So um, so we want to build our confidence in our practice and in our heart and in the way we can live skillfully with loving kindness. And he says we develop faith uh, moment to moment. We have to drop that idealistic view of a practitioner. I have an idealistic idealistic view of a practitioner. I've shared it with you a few times. She's got long, flowy hair, and she lives she lives in the forest, and she smiles all the time, and she does yoga every day. I have an idealist, and she's just sweet. You know, she's radiating love like some goddess, with a, you know, like a fountain. It's pouring out. You know. Um, certainly is not the real view right so and we all have these idolized view of what i should be as a meditator or a practitioner and we need to bring it down to moment by moment awareness moment by moment relational capacity moment by moment being here and um he has a quote from Ajahn Sumedho, who says that the traditional theravadin practice Um, And even you could say a mindfulness practice, he calls it an earthworm practice. It's very humble. You know, you're just tilling the earth moment by moment. Um, You're just making a little movement. It's not a big uh, deal. It's not, you know, chariots coming down from the heavens and giving you a lightning bolt of something. Um, And that in this way, when we can understand that earthworm practice, we can verify it by that moment-to-moment experience. And I'll give you a few examples. Um, So um, one of the ways that we can verify and build our faith in our heart is um, just by noticing the cause for stress and the cause for release, he says. Um, So when we're clinging and attached Our fists are tightened and we want it our way. You notice that you have a lot of stress and tension. um, And when you let go of a clinging, grasping mind, there is a release um, and ease, a quieting down and a soothing quality, that letting go that we teach in Buddhism and mindfulness practice actually leans us and leads us into the heart we drop who we think we are what we need what we want of the other person and we rest and we rest a bit in in this heart so um, and then we develop the faith because we can uh, verify what is really skillful and that we can see that we have that capacity in the earthworm practice to just notice a thing. Tight mind, a mind that's wanting. So, the other way we can do that is by, um, he says, is by planting the beautiful seeds. Planting the beautiful seeds, and um, there's more in his talk, but I'm going to deviate a little into where that talk kind of brought me was the reflection of the beauty of uh, loving-kindness practice and metta, especially through holiday times to practice uh, and see the beauty and develop a trust and a faith in dwelling in the heart, in loving-kindness. And we have formal and informal practice, so I'll go through it. I wanted to give you a couple of examples before we do the loving-kindness practice and we talk a little bit more about it. Um, One way to develop that trust is to know that we can sense and feel in the moment what is happening now in your body and in your mind, that you can drop in and know And that secondly, when you drop in and know that we don't reject what's happening. We can respond with a field of kindness around it. And then another way is to just lean into that heart practice. So I'm going to give you two beautiful examples of a loving-kindness practice, an informal meta loving-kindness practice, and then we'll practice a little together on it, right? So. One of my uh, friends was uh, from back east. Has a a big, loud, noisy family, Mm -hmm. lots of siblings, and uh, recently they came together for a family gathering. And uh, this particular friend has a habit of when the losing her voice in the big family not being seen and heard sort of going into the background. And there's some uh, suffering around that. There's some pain just around that inability to feel like she's being seen and heard. And that, that that's a pattern. And sometimes that happens in families. And so um, she was really excited to see her family and um, looking forward to it, seeing the kids and all the siblings and everybody flying in. And uh, the first gathering, she started to feel with mindfulness, right, that something clench in her and Mm tighten. And she realized there she was again. People were talking sort of over and on top, and she didn't feel like she was in the room or with the people there. And um, this tightness began. And um, so in Buddhism, we talk about, skillful action what's skillful and what leads us towards um, happiness and peace and ease and what takes us away from um, behaviors that create more harm and more difficulty Um, so anybody having a fantasy in their mind i know i did when i heard the story i thought well maybe i would like drop something really loudly and go hey you know (laughs) or something or 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 you know really confront but What she did was, and I I want to make this point, because there's a subtlety, this earthworm practice. She took herself outside for a loving-kindness walk. A loving-kindness walk. And they didn't even notice she was gone, she said. But she gave herself the loving-kindness for all the times and the times where she didn't feel seen or heard or she couldn't speak, or she lost her voice, or she didn't feel valued in this family. This families sometimes do that, you know, not intentionally, you know, sometimes intentionally. That's an earthworm practice, right? That's just a small movement of the heart. And she said it made all the world of difference. She gave herself that walk, may I be happy, may I be free, may I be safe, may I be healthy, may I care for myself lovingly you know, just repeat the phrase, and radiated that love in her body, in her heart, towards her body, like dripping down her body, Mm -hmm. filling herself with the care that she was not getting or she didn't feel she was getting from this family, Mm -hmm. this big family system. And she allowed herself to stay there. She placed her hand on her heart and she gave it to herself. It's like she met herself in that vulnerable moment, and so many times... We feel this way and then we reject ourselves. We call ourselves oversensitive or dumb or we shake it off and we ignore ourselves. We freeze, we build distance. Some of us disassociate and tune out. Others of us just eat more. (laughs) I know that one, right? Um, But this was a earthworm practice of moving and trusting her heart, the movement of her heart towards her heart she counted she counted and um, if you have a thought well maybe this is narcissistic or self-involved who thinks that no not at all Mm -hmm. and she said when she came back it was like her family was so much more alive to her and she could get through the whole evening and weekend Adoring, loving, enjoying, being open, being engaged, uh, really being there and just appreciating the fact that she had this big, boisterous, loud family that never stopped talking, you know, and it felt so good because she met her heart and had faith in it. She began to trust the movement of her heart. And when we honestly know what's happening in our heart and then we can meet it with that felt sense of loving-kindness and you can use the phrases to pull in um, you're meaning the truth of who you are there is no rejecting even the most vulnerable parts another example of this that was a little earthworm practice right a little movement but when we knock at the door of the heart the heart meets us when we dwell in loving-kindness. Loving-kindness expands. So if she can meet herself, she could meet her family that way. So the second one that I have to tell you about that comes to mind is um, a teacher friend of mine who um, was on a trip to Hawaii. And um, he, he had a brother who lived there and there's a beautiful beach by their house, and he was told, be careful when you swim in the ocean because there's this riptide. You think you're in a shallow place, then it pulls you out, and it's hard to get back. So be careful. And he went into the ocean one morning alone. Nobody was there, and he thought, you know, I'm really a really good swimmer. I swam in school, and I'm strong. I don't have to worry about this. And he goes swimming out into the ocean, and sure enough, the riptide pulls him out where he can't get back. And he begins to wonder um, if he'll ever make it to shore. And he was fighting the riptide, fighting the riptide, and getting weaker and weaker. And then he began to wonder if he was going to be alive, that it was this the end for him. True story. And at that moment, um, his family came down to the beach um, and saw him in trouble, but they were not strong swimmers. So they had to go find a strong swimmer to get him, right? And he's now wondering if he's going to uh, come back and if he's gonna be alive. And he said in this moment, he had this awareness that there was a part of him, maybe a very frightened child part that was terrified. And because he was so terrified he was losing his breath and his energy. You know, when you're really terrified, you go, (gasps) you know, and you're tightened, right? So he began to give that part that was frightened, loving kindness, not with words, just radiating loving kindness towards that part of him that was so frightened in the water. And he said that as he did that, he noticed he had more energy to tread because he, so he could just tread until somebody got him and every time he tread he gave himself more loving kindness you're safe I'm here just words not a full phrases and obviously he got rescued and got out of the water but this is another example of maybe a more dramatic earthworm practice of (coughs) needing the parts of ourselves that get so frightened and worried and scared with unconditional regard and acceptance dwelling dwelling in the heart and cultivating that it comes to me uh, sometimes because um, the trajectory of practicing loving-kindness over the years has really taught me that it's a place of refuge and reserve and can soften that chattering mind who will, that chattering mind will just tell me what's wrong with this organization and that organization and that political thing and, uh, that's going on um, and the people that are a disappointment or not doing well, you know, it will um, sort out the negatives as we say. But the metta practice of the heart Uh, calms that mind and gives us this place to tread water you know to tread and so we'll practice that and uh, so take a couple of breaths if you want to stand up for a moment and just get And when you're ready, you can take a seat. I'm taking a couple of breaths here. And you can stand and do this practice. It's really fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And some of you um, may want to, um, as you're doing this practice, use touch and put the hand on the heart. Just feel the body and feel the connection with the body. Can you, can you close it Yeah, it's getting a little noisy out there. OK. Okay, and maybe bringing to mind a moment of discomfort, of tension, a moment of uh, not being at ease, a vulnerable moment. And as I say these phrases, you can silently repeat them. You could also just feel the heart and radiate. You can bathe, be cradled in the love and the care. And maybe even take a moment to reflect on your caring and your loving that you bring to the work you do to your family, sometimes it's just kindness to strangers or a wish, a full wish that you care, you care about the well-being of others and even notice your own heart quivers surrounding this softness. This sense of love unconditionally, this beautiful sweetness of the heart, let it surround you and it's like honey. Bathe in it. Let it come into every pore. And as I say these phrases, and you may say I or body and mind, allow it into your heart, into your body, into your bones, you know? So may this body, may this mind sitting here be happy and contented. May this body, may this mind be happy and contented. May this body and this mind Experience ease of well being. May this body, this mind experience ease of well being. May this body and this mind be free from inner and outer harm. May this body and this mind be free from inner and outer harm. And expanding the circle just a little bit more to someone that's been a mentor, a teacher, been kind, loving, it could be a pet, it could be a spiritual figure, whoever it is that you feel that sense of loving connection with that has been nurturing. And I'll do the phrases which you can repeat silently again and radiating this love, this honey, this beautiful honey, this beautiful sweetness outward as you visualize this being. May you be happy and contented. May you experience ease of well-being. May you be free from inner and outer harm. And you can take this circle in this beautiful golden, and sweet lightness of love and expand it just a little more to friends and family, anyone that you're concerned or worried about or that you just have this heartfelt, beautiful, wanting of caring, yeah. loving, caring. And I'll say the phrase, and you can radiate or silently repeat it. May you be happy and contented. May you experience ease of well being. May you be free from inner and outer harm. And testing the waters and going a little further out and thinking about people you don't notice. Maybe they're people who um, you see working in the gardens or the street or homeless people or um, workers in stores and markets, the people you tend not to notice too often and radiating this wish for the sweet honey of caring and love, loving kindness. May you be happy and contented May you experience ease of well-being. May you be free from inner and outer harm. Now stretching, stretching just a little more to maybe someone that annoys you. Irritates you, frustrates you, that you're just not as happy as you like with. You don't have to choose your worst enemy. You can choose a little irritation, you know? And as you hold this person in your visual field, you see this person in front of you. As best as you can, stretch the heart. May you be happy and contented. May you experience ease of well-being. May you be free from inner and outer harm. And lastly, taking our golden loving kindness, our beautiful, sweet elixir of love, warm love, and covering it out of this room to all beings, all sentient beings, And there may be particular places that you want to send it to, places of struggle, of difficulty. May all beings, all beings be happy and contented. May all beings experience ease of well-being. May all beings, all sentient beings, be free from inner and outer harm. And breathing in and breathing out, bathing being cradled in allowing the heart to send its love outward inward through the body in the room trusting we can dwell in this deep place that we can rest here that we can send this kindness, these thoughts and wishes of loving kindness everywhere, anywhere, at any time. And that as we dwell in the heart, may skillful behavior, loving behavior, loving acts, loving deeds, loving words, flow from this place. towards freedom, towards happiness. So we can feel some release. So this is a practice that's portable. You can do this driving, walking, shopping, ruminating, (laughs) Uh, house cleaning. You could walk through your office, your workplace. And um, as we're doing it, you can begin to have some trust some faith in a practice, right? in a practice that um, really brings some peace and some freedom. And that moment by moment, that this is your practice. It's not like you have to go run to a big retreat, you know, and read. 10 books on uh, mindfulness and understand um, the Satipatthana Sutta, word by word (laughs) or do a million vows, right? That this practice is your practice, your heart and it makes an impact in your life and for those around you. So we'll stop right here. This would be a good time for uh, comments, observations, questions, just group sharing. Yes, Claire.
1: What, what came up with me when you described the story of the guy out in the ocean, who <clears throat> was drowning, and it's so automatic, it's such a hot thought, is if that were me, I'd be there going, you in it. <laughs> You were told not to do this, and Right. you went and do it. Yes. Now here you are. You're bothering other people, disturbing the police and the firemen, just because of your idiocy. And 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 it just goes on. Yes. And the, the self-blame, the self-denigration, it, the tormentor mm-hmm. yes. is is so hot, so automatic that it's 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 hard to catch it and and offer yourself the loving kindness to say hey, you're human, you know, these
0: things happen, it's okay. Yes, Yes, that's great, thank you, beautiful, just right on the money. And obviously this is somebody who's practiced a lot. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons why I chose that example, to say practice in the little moments, so the big moments, Mm -hmm. the practice is there for you. So, if you practice in the little moments of your life, yeah. your practice will be there for you in the big moments. Your practice comes to you, it will find you. Mm. Just like that.
1: Mm.
0: So, practice in the little ways, and in the big ways, your practice will care for you.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure people might know this too, but you're supposed to let the riptide take you out. So, you actually let it take you out, and then you <laughs> come <and take> <laughs> way. <Yeah>. You do. <laughs> yes. Or you do. <laughs> <locked water> <line>. Oh, opinions. Opinions. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> no, 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 and you might surprise you. I've gotten caught in riptides. tides. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I nearly died uh, scuba diving in the South Pacific um, due to riptides. tides. Um, and so you do, you let it go, and you might surprise yourself, Claire. Um, because in the moment, you, you don't even have time to blame yourself. It's, it's very present because you're trying to survive. Mm-hmm. So as much as you think you'd be like, I'm an idiot, you're like, no, I need to survive. Mm-hmm. Whatever what do I need to do? Right. So it becomes very present. It's a very present mm-hmm. practice when especially when you're in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Torment yourself afterwards. Right. Blame yourself afterwards.
0: I think I like that example too, because it brings us to the real truth of um, we go in and out of life on um, alone in relationship to self, and in, in, with awareness. And um, it's an example of turning towards ourselves with this beautiful love that we deserve. Um, you know, not really looking outward. But having that moment of deep intimacy, which is um, such a nurturing, grounding, and profound experience when we have those moments. So, yeah. I wonder if you know that that person who, who remains unnamed, um, if they had, like, if they had been out there and they hadn't seen help coming, and they, it was like there was no sign that they'd be okay. If they still could have done that with their mind and been like it's okay treaded water and like kind of you know like like was it the fact that the help was coming that allowed them to have that presence of mind or was it even deeper than that that like this is reality if I die you know I'm not gonna do it flipping out I'm gonna calm myself down and tread water for as long as I can. Well, knowing this person, I would say that was the fruit of deep practice. Mm-hmm. That moment was the fruit of a lot of work and deep practice. Okay. Yeah. I could be wrong, but that's what I'll say. Yeah. It just
1: Ali. brings me up to uh, something that it actually, I think it was Lao Tzu saying, uh, or, or someone else, I'm actually, all, all the practice that I'm doing and cultivating, it just like, uh, makes me ready for that final letting go mm-hmm. at that uh, moment which will come for each one of us Mm -hmm. so maybe we all be able to let go easy at that moment so all of this practice makes us ready for that Mm
0: -hmm. yes thank you yeah thank you um we were talking about just thanking you for bringing this up at the time of holidays Mm -hmm. that that on a practical level um and just if there's uh someone in the, the group the holiday that's challenging me to send the loving kindness to them or to actually then realize that maybe this is my problem and to send the loving kindness to myself. So we're all in different situations with their families for the holidays
1: and it was just a it was a good time for that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and I I specifically went through all the formal practice of loving kindness. You can get a sense <coughs> of moving through, we did um, benefactor, friend, neutral person, person you have difficulty with, all beings, because you can take that as a discipline and move through the places that are challenging you. And holiday time uh, is challenging. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. Um, I'm hearing a lot of just challenging families around politics. <laughs> you know, getting very heated up just like that. And so, and yeah So yes, yeah, this is a good time to um, find a form of meta loving kindness to use to get some rest, you know, just to dwell. And trust the heart to get you through. So we have time for one more. This side of the room has been very quiet. All right, we got two. All right, Joe? Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, I was just thinking I, I love the story of the desperation of the drowning man because it always brings, it, 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 to me, it brings hope. It, 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 it allows, it, in my life, it allowed me to abandon things that no, no longer work. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, right, right. Wow, what so many metaphors, very rich, that image. And it's a true story, I didn't make it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, something that I do, Just um, I feel like a small practice, just that when I'm out in the world, is just recognizing that everybody and that we're all just somebody's child. Um, as a parent, it kind of helps me open up my heart as that, is that... I kind of just always say, like, oh, that's somebody's baby. That's somebody's baby
0: um, mm-hmm. if you're in a difficult situation. And so it kind of brings me back into just like a, a loving compassion as a parent and just as just for all sentient beings. Wow. And so that really
1: helps me out, too, just being out in the world. You know, people cut you off or something like that. Or since <laughs> it's a
0: holiday, the pies. Casey's story, the pies. Casey Casey the story pies. The pies. <laughs> cut you off. It's like, oh, they might have pies. Yeah. So let them go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that story? This is a perfect Thanksgiving story. It's one of my favorites. Thank you for bringing it up. His teacher um, around the holidays delivers pies to needy families. And so she goes around in traffic dropping off these pies and they fill her car and everything. And so one day she was driving, dropping off the pies and somebody cut her off on the freeway you know, and honked and you know, there's so a lot of rude driving behaviour going on and each time she would say, Oh, they must also be delivering so many pies. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> the they've got they've got a car full of pies too. Get there quick. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Yes, that's yeah. Great. That's great. That's a good that's a great one. All right, now I need one more because that was good. So (laughs) greed is coming. Anybody else? One more back row. We're just
1: asking for kindness, Mm
0: -hmm. like Bob said.
1: That we remember we all have it. We have an undamaged heart that lives in all of us. Mm -hmm. It is brilliant. It is loving. Mm -hmm. Let's remember. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. I think there's there's this itchy piece here that I want to scratch a little, is that the thing that I, that I want to give you um, some, some trust in, that as you practice this, I'm, I think I'm saying this again, as you practice in all the ways we've talked about, then the practice rises up to practice you mm-hmm. in the difficult. Mm -hmm. See, that's what I want to point out, that as you practice this, the practice practices you. As you turn, you learn to surf those difficult moments and become less reactive, more skillful, and more equanimous. So it's a worthy practice. It's a worthy earthworm practice, worthy. So I hope you practice